0: Good morning. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors, one of the elders here, and this is the Sunday before New Year's Eve, so it's a one-off Sunday sermon. So I get it, and uh, we're just going to read the whole Bible. So, good luck. Seriously, I didn't even—I didn't even have time for that joke. So it was, yeah, it was—it was kind of a joke. It was spring break during college. We had been driving down the lengthy I5 all the way to Tijuana, that's where we were headed, so we could build houses for impoverished Mexicans. And our caravan of E350 vans, you've seen them before, driving down I5. We hadn't hit San Diego yet, but it was time for us to stop for the night. And throughout the trip, we were housed by and fed by churches or very kind Christians. In this particular time, it was the latter. And we were fed Uh, generously by this lady, and she gave us fried chicken and flats of soda, a college guy's dream, right? And it was time for bed, and the ladies got to sleep in the house, and the guys got to sleep in the backyard, and we sprawled our sleeping bags out in the backyard under the clear spring California sky, and before we closed our eyes, as stars began to dot uh, the canopy above us, I pulled out my brand new ESV Battle Zone Bible. It's not new anymore. It's worn. Apparently, Americans are really good at buying new Bibles and not necessarily reading them. Um, This has a metal cover, and I was so excited about it. It was new. It was pocket-sized. It was a recent purchase, so I was still pumped about it, and I figured, I'm going on a mission trip. I should probably read my Bible. Um, that, That was my attitude. And I opened up this little Bible, and I read from a letter. From Paul in Philippians one, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And I was reading this. It was getting dark outside and my heart burned within me and I thought, wow, this is a letter to real people from a real person about real Life-altering things, things of God and grace and Jesus, and it clicked for me. This is real. This—that That is one of the, the memorable times in my life when I realized that God reveals himself in this book. In this book, we have the creator author using human authors to graciously and kindly and approachably reveal himself to us. His revelation is not solely a moment, a particular event that we hear about, passed down in oral tradition and hope, hope, hope that the person we hear it from had a good memory. God has made humans as people that use language and prose and poetry and idioms and metaphors and emotions and adjectives. And God reveals himself in this book with those tools. And through this book, he invites us to read about who he is and read about what he is doing. Because this book, this Bible, has a single ultimate author, its individual parts tell a cohesive story from beginning to end. And we can follow that story from beginning to end and observe and glory and wonder in themes that start in the beginning and go to the end of the book. This morning, we're going to take this book, you can pull your Bibles out, and jump into four different places where God's people are reading God's words, and we will be encouraged that God reveals Himself to us in these words. In the four chapters of a story that we're going to tell through the rest of this morning, we will see that God relates to us, we reject or we repent, and God reveals Himself to us. Let's jump into the story in the middle of things. We're going to read a lot of Scripture this morning, so if you just want to... Try to keep up. You can if you just want to follow along. That's okay, too. I'm going to read a bunch of Bible, which is pretty cool. Middle of the story, Exodus 24. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basins and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, what he had just written down, and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. This is likely... The account of Bible being first written down. It's pretty cool. Likely the account of Bible first being read. And if you know your Bible a good amount, you know that we are in the middle of a rescue operation, right? Long before this particular story, the Creator God, who had made man and woman according to His image, He had called a particular guy named Abraham... And he said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. I will make a people out of you, Abraham. And through you, all nations will be blessed. And true to his word, because God is truthful, a great people came about. Descendants from Abraham, men, women, sons and daughters, grandparents and cousins, a great people. But this great people found themselves enslaved by a nation, Egypt. You may have heard the story for many painful years. And this promising God revealed Himself and rescued them. And they ran away into the desert with God leading them until they came to a great mountain. And that's where this story takes place. And there, at that mountain, God made promises to His people. He said, I will be your God and you will be My people. I will be in relationship with you and you will be in relationship with Me. I will tell you how life ought to be lived. And just before this passage, he told them the Ten Commandments. We know that part, right? And Moses wrote it all down. These words of God, these promises of God, this covenant of God, this, these rules and guidance from God. A book of a covenant. A good God giving good words to his people that they could read. They could go back to it later. Which is why this is such serious Bible reading. There's offerings and sacrifice because God is covenanting with his people. I will do this. I will not break my promise. God, with his words, is making a covenant like like we in weddings make promises. This is unheard of. In this time and place, these people knew that other people followed other gods. Small, weak gods. Gods that did not reveal themselves. Gods that were confusing. Egyptians, Egypt's gods, did not talk to them. No one knew what Baal or Molech wanted for sure. The priests said, you, they want your kids. Kill your kids for these gods. These are not good gods. The Greeks were confused by their gods. Are they happy? Are they sad? Are they mad at me? Should we feast or should we grovel? Are they for me? Or are they against me? Can we trust their character or their passions? No. But Creator God, Yahweh, tells us who He is. God breaks into human reality in the way that we talk. God gave us words that can be written down and we can understand. And they're consistent. No guessing. And that is what is happening here in this passage. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. The people are saying, we see that God has revealed himself to us. We hear these words, we accept these words, and we will do them. We will keep them. Through these words, God relates to us. He tells us who He is, He tells us what He's doing, and tells us how we can walk in step with Him. This book shows us that God wants to be in relationship with us. And this this people says we will be in relationship with Him. Moses continues Writing and through him, God gives us the first five books of our Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And in them we see the actions of God revealed, the work of God revealed, the character of God revealed, a God gracious and merciful who will by no means clear the guilty. That's in Exodus 34. We know who God is because of this book. Chapter 2. Jehoiakim reading. Never heard of that guy, have you? Sadly, much of the story after Moses is about people forgetting who God is. Forgetting that He relates to us. Forgetting that He gave us words. Forgetting that He told us how to live. But thanks be to God that He did not stop giving us words. It wasn't just Moses. He did not stop using people to write down His revelation. Some of the people are called prophets, you've heard of prophets, and they spend a lot of their time pointing back to the first five books, pointing back to the Torah and saying this is what God said he would do, this is who God says that he is, this is how we ought to respond to God, and if we don't we break relationship with God and it will not go well for us. In Jeremiah 36, there's a story of the prophet Jeremiah sending Bible, sending God's words to a king for him to read. In in chapter 36, it says, In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. God says, Take a scroll and write on it all the words that I have spoken to you against Israel and Judah and all the nations. From the day I spoke to you, from the days of Josiah until today, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the disaster that I intend to do to them so that everyone may turn from his evil way and I might forgive their iniquity and their sin. God wants to give more words to a forgetful people in hopes that they will turn back to Him. A warning. Here is what I'm saying to you. Please listen. Write this down, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote on a scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord that he had spoken. And Jeremiah ordered Baruch, saying, I am banned from going to the house of the Lord. I can't go there. They banned me a long time ago. So you are to go. And on a day of fasting and the hearing of all the people in the Lord's house, you shall read the words of the Lord from the scroll that you have written at my dictation. You shall read them also in the hearing of all the men of Judah who come out of their cities it may be that their plea for mercy will come before the Lord and that everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and wrath that the Lord has pronounced against this people. And Baruch the son of Neriah did all that Jeremiah the prophet ordered him about reading from the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Jeremiah has his secretary, his assistant, write it all down and sends him to the house of the Lord to read it because this is where all the people are going to be. He knows that this rescued people will be at the house of the Lord and he wants as many guilty people as possible to hear it, to hear the words of the Lord and possibly turn back to God. Baruch reads it. He goes to that place. We can skip ahead. And one of the officials of the government, one of the cabinet members, think a secretary of state or education or interior, who knows? He hears the scroll and he puts together a quick cabinet meeting. And he says, Baruch, you've got to come in here. You've got to read this again. And they read it again. And they ask, who wrote this? And he says, I wrote it. I wrote it down. Well, whose words are they? Oh, Jeremiah, one of the prophets of God. And he says, these are words that say, please repent, come back to me or you will be punished. And they decide they need to take this all the way to the king. The king of the long ago rescued people who had forgotten their rescuing God. In verse 20, we pick it up. So they went into the court of the king, having put the scroll in the chamber of Eli Shema, the secretary, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Jehudai to get the scroll, and he took it from the chamber of Eli, the secretary, and Jehudai read it to the king and all the officials who stood beside the king. It was the ninth month, so in the fall and the winter, and the king was sitting in the winter house, and there was a fire burning in the fire pot before him. As Jehudi read three or four columns, the king would cut them off with a knife and throw them in the fire in the fire pot until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the fire pot. Yet neither the king nor any of his servants who heard all these things were afraid, nor did they tear their garments. Even when El Nathan and Delilah and Gamaria urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, this is difficult, the sons of Abdiel, to seize Baruch the secretary and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord hid them. It's interesting, you put all those, words, those names in there, because it really happened, and those are really their names. I'm just saying. This is a tragic story, though. God is desiring to relate to this king of this people, This rescued people, but alas, they're also a rejecting people. God was supposed to be their God and they would be his people. But this king hears the words, reads the words and says, nope, I don't like that. Nope, I will not repent. I would rather cut the words out of the scroll than know how to walk with God. No, I would rather burn the words of God than know who he is. This king, in his pride and rejection, takes the words of God, the rescuing creator, and throws them in the fire like worthless newspaper. This book is God revealing himself to us, to you. How do you receive him? Jehoiakim did not receive them. He chose a life of rejection instead of relationship with God. Chapter 3. Josiah reading. In the original order of the Old Testament, the way the Hebrews read it, the last book of the Old Testament is 2 Chronicles. And in it we read about this same kingdom of rescued people that had forgotten the words of God. They had forgotten the book of the covenant of Moses that he had written down. They had forgotten how God had revealed himself, how they were to walk with him in life. They worshipped other little evil gods. And there was a king named Josiah who had an inkling. He looked at the house of God, the house of Yahweh that was in disrepair and said, let's clean that up. Let's put that in order. Let's put money in the budget to pay the general contractors and the framers and the masons. And let's remodel this place. I think it'd be a good idea. And in Second Chronicles 34, it says, while they were bringing out... Verse 14, out the money that had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. Then Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and Shaphan brought the book to the king and further reported to the king, all that was committed to your servants they are doing. They have emptied out the money that was found in the house of the Lord and given it into the hands of the overseers and the workmen. The subcontractors. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah, the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it before the king. Can't you see it? One of the subcontractors. Some guy pulls out a sledgehammer and says, we got to we gotta take this wall down. And he, he smashes and he goes, whoa, this is a closet. And the priests come over and there's a book in here. It looks really old and important. And that's the book of Moses that they had forgotten. And they bring it to the king. They run and read it to the king. And when the king Josiah heard the words of the Lord, he tore his clothes and the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah the king's servant, saying go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. Josiah says, oh no, this book tells us who God is. We had forgotten Who He has revealed Himself to be, what He is doing. He is Creator God, a rescuing God, a God who is merciful and gracious, but who will by no means clear the guilty. A God that tells us how life ought to be lived and we have ignored Him. And we have forgotten that He wrote anything down. We are guilty. We lost this book. We are guilty of the evil of which He warned my dad did not walk with the Lord nor my grandpa nor your dad nor your grandpa. We have been walking away from God instead instead of with God. And this book makes that obvious. What do we do? Desiring to walk with God, they seek out one of the prophets that God used and she said, "But to the king, this is in verse 26, to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was tender." And you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants. You have humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, declares the Lord. God says, I hear you, Josiah. I want to relate to you. I will be your God and you will be my people. In 29, then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites, all the people, both great and small. And he read in their hearing all of the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord, to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. Then he made all who were present in Jerusalem and in Benjamin join in it. And all in the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations from all the territory that belonged to the people of Israel and made all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. All his days they did not turn away from, the fa- from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Again, the word of God is read to the whole people. They hear who God is. They witness that He has revealed to them. They read who He is and how He will act, what His promises are and what His guidance is, His warnings against evil and His encouragement to repentance and walk with Him. And they say, all of this we will do. We will walk with God. For a time... God's people remember after reading that they are God's people, that God rescued them, that God told them a good way to live, a just and righteous way to live. They read God's word and repent and walk with God. It's sad though. At the, at the end of this passage, it says all his days. So once Josiah, this repentant and good king who ripped his clothes in anguish, once he died, the people again turned and began throwing God's word in the fire. Chapter 4. Jesus reading. By the end of the Old Testament, it becomes painfully obvious that even with the words of God revealing God to the people, the people continue to reject, forget, or ignore. And praise be to God that He did not leave us there. God decides again to reveal himself, this time not with words written down by human hands, but the word of God, the revealing of God made human, Jesus. John reminds us, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the word of God, the revealing of God literally made flesh. That's what we celebrate during Advent. That's what we celebrate during Christmas. And this revealing of God in the flesh, what does he do in ministry? Jesus reads Bible. In Luke 4, verse 16, it says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. This is his hometown. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I love this story. The word of God made flesh stands up in the synagogue and says, hand me that Bible. And he puts it out and he reads it and he reads about the anointed one of God who will come to proclaim and free and heal and be gracious to us. And when he is done reading, he says, That great prophecy has just been fulfilled. I am the anointed one. That's incredible. That's the biggest mic drop ever. Jesus does not negate the Word of God, he amplifies it. He does not supersede it, he fulfills it. He reads the Bible, he references the Bible. In serving and loving this rescued people, the same people that rejected, he uses the Bible. Throughout his ministry in Matthew, he constantly asks the question, Have you not read? Have you not read what God says about his character? Have you not read about how God operates? Have you not read God's promises? Have you not read that God is creator and rescuer? At the beginning of his ministry, he's pointing to the Bible. In the middle of his ministry, he's pointing to the Bible. And at the end, he's pointing to the Bible. There's a story at the end of Luke about two disciples who had watched Jesus die and heard that he was resurrected. But they were uncertain and sad and they didn't know what to think and they left the city, they left Jerusalem to go to another town. And while they're walking, Jesus comes up next to them, is walking with them. And they don't recognize him. And they say, have you heard about all the things that are happening? It's just, it's bad. And in Luke 24 and verse 19, Jesus said to them, what things? What a, what a tricky guy. What things? And they said, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, he was mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We thought he was the rescuer. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. More, moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning when they did not find his body. They came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he, Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses... In all the prophets. He interpreted to them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. When given the chance to reveal who he is, the ultimate revelation of God, the revealing of God in the flesh, he first grabs his Bible and points to all of it. The beginning of the book with Moses, the middle of the book with the prophets, pointing to who God is and who God will show himself to be. The Psalms that point to a Messiah that we long for, the narratives that say there's a greater king that will come. Jesus first points to the Bible and says, all of this contains truth about Jesus. All of this has been pointing to Jesus. All of this is for his glory. The climax of Jesus' work is His death and resurrection on the cross. He is the ultimate revelation of God. And on the cross, He reveals God as merciful and gracious, but who will by no means clear the guilty. The same character that was revealed in Moses is displayed in Jesus in living dramatic reality on the cross. And His power displayed in rescuing His people here from slavery is seen by him rising from the dead and rescuing us from the slavery of death. All that truth can be read in these scriptures. The story continues. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did our heart, did not our hearts burn within us when he talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures? Wow, that was Jesus. Jesus was revealed to us in the flesh, resurrected flesh, but they turned to each other. Didn't your heart burn within you when He revealed Himself to you in the Scripture? It's all there. When we opened the Bible, our hearts burned within us. God was showing us who He is. God was showing us what He is doing with these words. My friends, these are the words of God. The revealing of God. God wants to be in relationship with you. And this is proof. He writes to us. These words came from the mountain. Some of these words confronted kings. We can read and reject like Jehoiakim, or we read and repent like Josiah. These words were read by Jesus himself, and these words point to the person and work of Jesus. God is revealing himself to us in these pages. And when you read them or hear them and catch truth in your hearts, your hearts burn within you. Because this is not a normal book. These are the words of a good and gracious, creating, rescuing God for you, his people. Epilogue. Church reading. So what do we do? We still live in a world where it is tempting to forget and lose sight. All around us, people are rejecting the rescuing God, cutting the Bible and throwing it in the fire. They are rejecting the God who wants relationship, who reveals himself to us. Let us be those who, like Josiah, repent, literally turn back towards God. Let us read his words. In the words of Paul, let us devote ourselves to the reading of Scripture. Let us devote ourselves to the revealing of God in this book. If you've never read before, just start slow. Read a chapter of Luke. That is a, that book is a story about Jesus. If that's too much, read a paragraph. Just a little bit. If you've been reading for years and it's just rote and lifeless and just a habit, slow it down. You read Luke too. (laughs) Read with that person who's never read before. A little at a time. Ask the Holy Spirit, the illuminator of the Bible to help you understand, to make your heart burn. When you are confused, ask for help. Read in community, read in your life group. If you've been reading for years and you love it, help someone see how great the revelation of God is. As the church reading, we are remembering and getting ready. We are remembering who God is And what he has done. We are remembering Jesus and we are getting ready for his return. Because we have promises in this book that he will not just forgive us, but he will rescue us. Let me read the very end of this book in Revelation 22, verse 6. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. He's talking about the book of Revelation and we can say this whole book. Trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent His angel to show His servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. In verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star, all of those are Bible references. He's pointing back again to the Bible. The spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Let us know and keep the words of this book as we wait for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for showing us who you are. That is unbelievable. Thank you for giving us words that we can read and understand. Thank you for talking in a language that is helpful to us. Thank you for making yourself known. Thank you for never stopping showing yourself to us. I thank you that you're gracious and good and you want us to turn back to you. I pray that if there are people here rejecting you, that you would help them turn back to you. And I pray that as we read your scriptures, you would burn our hearts within us because you are showing us who you are. Give us confidence in your promises, confidence in your character, and hope that does not shake because we know that you are coming for us. Amen.